right, everybody. Welcome back to another another episode of Stories from a Mountain Town. I'm your host, Tyler Meany, and we're back from a little little bit of a summer break. Um, and today with me, I have the one and only Ryan Kurtz. Ryan, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So um, in addition to us just being friends, I wanted to get you on uh, because of your recent little bike excursion that you did, little bike ride you took yeah. for around the country. <laughs> Um, tell them a little bit about like what it, what it's called and what you did. Um, so it's called the tour divide. It follows the, um, great divide mountain bike touring route from, um, usually Banff, Canada to the Mexican border in Antelope Wells, um, New Mexico. This year it was just from, um, Eureka, Montana, the top of, um, top of Montana, um, from border to border, Can- yeah. Canadian border to Mexican border. Awesome. So, and uh, hold the mic a little bit more in front of you. Yeah, yeah there you go. Um, and how many miles was that? It's uh, 2,500. 2,500 miles. Yep. So this when would so I I drove Ryan up to Missoula, um, like the week of the when he was going to start, so he could get a little bit closer. And then I just we camped and then we drove back. But I was asking him all these questions and learning about what's going on, and I was thinking. I don't think of it. I've ridden 2,500 miles in my life on a bike and you did it in 21 days, right? Uh, just under 19. 19 days. Oh, 21 was your goal. Yeah. 21. Yeah. was my original goal. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and another question that I asked you back then was what makes you want to be on a bike? <laughs> Basically, would you bike nine hours every single day for nine, oh, just under 19 days? More than that. It was uh, a lot of times like uh, I haven't really... I, I would usually sleep from like five to not five to eight hours a night. Mm-hmm. Eight hours would be a really good night. I don't know if I slept many times eight hours. So yeah. I would be on the bike for around 16 hours a day on average. Yeah. So um, what yeah. makes you want to do that? <laughs> um, I, I just really enjoy riding my bike. Um, I think it's a cool way to do the great divide route um and kind of racing it yeah adds a little zest to the original zest. bike tour certainly <laughs> zest yeah so yeah it's uh it's out of pure joy for riding my bike to be honest yeah have you always loved riding bikes this much um not really it kind of got started in um like college i started working for a shop in my sophomore year i'd don't even know why they hired me. I had always <laughs> kind of wanted to like work at a bike shop. I had always interest in it. Yeah. But I had never been like a huge biker, just kind of mm-hmm. riding to class and stuff. And they took me in. And after that, it was, I mean, I, I bought my first road bike a couple months later, maybe. Yeah. And then a mountain bike the next year. And, uh, and it just blew up from there. I'd, I've been working at a shop ever since. Yeah. You work here at Fitzgerald's bikes. I do. Yeah shout out to Fitzgerald's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're awesome. The twins that uh, run that, they, they definitely took care of me when I went in there looking for my bike and I don't even, I didn't even end up buying one from them, but mm-hmm. one of them helped me with all this research to figure out like, because of how tall I am, yeah. which brands would fit my height and feel good for what I wanted the, my bike to be and h- having the right sized extra large bike and who had them in town and stuff. And they yeah. got me on a on a giant trance from Wilson backcountry, another great shop here. And I've just absolutely loved the bike. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some of the most knowledgeable people about bikes, um, work at that store. It's pretty, 
like humbling to to walk in there they just know every little thing about bikes yeah um which is so amazing and every kind not just mountain or road or whatever every kind yeah bmx i don't know if they know anything about bmx bikes not too much we don't get a whole lot of bmx people i think they usually go to uh i think maybe the hub is a big bmx one of those other shops are more of a bmx place but are there a lot uh, of like the dirt jumper type bikers here because the the pass has some decent like dirt jumping spots yeah there there are some um we don't see them very much we actually have a we call them our um we call them our groms uh we have a couple high schoolers that work um and kind of build bikes for us and yeah and do like the small jobs and one of them just got a really cool dirt jumper so yeah cool i should say we have a couple extra guests with us today yeah (laughs) uh so Haley lundgren's dog Zuma is is staying with us for the week while Haley is is back in Maine with Nick and then Bridger who is in love with Zuma just had to come in and make sure that she was doing okay in here. <laughs> so if you hear any panting in the microphones it's, <laughs> it's not it's Ryan not or I it's it's, it's the dogs. <laughs> um yeah, so tell us a little bit about um the bike that you rode for your excursion. Yeah, so I was on a Surly Karate Monkey. Um <laughs> it is a steel frame hardtail mountain bike with um usually it comes fully rigid but i put a um suspension fork on it Mm -hmm. um because 2500 miles on a on a rigid bike didn't seem to appeal to me very much yeah and (laughs) Um, that's one thing that i was surprised about the more i learned about this thing it's a lot of gravel roads and like forest road type uh terrain so it makes a lot of sense to have uh, some suspension and you had you had you didn't really have like what, what were the tires like I, I can't um remember. they're uh 29er by 2.2 they're gravel tires gravel tires um, yeah yeah it's it's called them it's called the great divide mountain bike ride yeah um but realistically it should be called the great divide gravel bike ride yeah um because there's i mean they say like 400 miles of single track um but a lot of it like it's not really single track uh-huh. like it's some of it's double track which was like the fun the fun stuff but um still not like your typical mountain bike yeah trail which is yeah you're not doing parallel no no, <laughs> no. um yeah there was only like one spot there was only like probably one downhill that i was like ooh, that was pretty that's pretty rocky yeah <laughs> But the the nice part about having the bike that I did, because a lot of people ride basically gravel bikes. Our third guest. Our third guest. <laughs> third Maverick guest just walked in. in to see how it's going in here. He's uh, very happy to see us. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of people ride fully rigid drop bar gravel bikes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went the mountain bike route um, because I have a lot more fun on it. Um, Is that like a speed versus... Uh, uh comfort kind of a difference pretty much uh it definitely different like positioning of the way you pedal and um but a lot of people do drop bars because of the comfort of the handlebars yeah um drop drop or uh mountain bike handlebars are typically pretty rough for touring just because there's like one position yeah um so I had to kind of deal with that and get special bars that were bent in a way that kind of angled back. Um, and did you have, um, what do they call them? Speed bars or what are the ones? Aero bars. Aero bars that go off the front. 
Yeah, pretty much everyone has those regardless of what bike you have. Yeah. Um, I could, I mean, you, you have to set them up in more of like a comfortable way more than like a, they're typically used as like aerodynamic, super slammed, like really fast positioning, uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. Um, but on this bike, you have to set them up so they're really comfortable. So I could, as long as the, um, the terrain was somewhat smooth, uh, I'd be sitting just in the aero bars and um super comfortable i got like super used to it yeah awesome and then you had a whole bunch of different like saddlebag little bag Mm -hmm. setups around the bike um talk about a little bit talk a little bit about what you packed for the trip um yeah so i i was on the light side of packing um but i i had basically one pair of shorts that i wore the whole time one shirt burn those after i yeah i actually did oh well, <laughs> not the shirt it was a nice shirt and the um one pair of chamois uh just like the mountain bike liners yeah and then a couple of pairs of like um merino wool underwear yeah um and i sometimes swap between those two but mostly i wear the chamois um would you like? Would you like dip them in like a river if you were sitting oh, yeah. by one? Just Every to, chance I could. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, I in real like going back, I would definitely bring two so that I could like wash one and dry it during the day and wear the other pair. Yeah. Um, but I ran out of time and I couldn't find any in stock. Oh, um, that's crazy! So I was like, whatever. Like, I'll I'll switch between the Marina wool, which has no padding. Um. And the first couple of days that was fine, but I quickly was like, I can't really go without the pad. So I yeah. had to just, you know, wear it. And it actually turned out to be mostly fine. Um, but yeah, those were thrown in the trash. <laughs> did you, um, did you get like that soreness that you get oh, yeah. when you're kind of fresh on biking for the year? Did you get that even though you're an avid biker outside of that too? Yeah, um, they're called saddle sores. Saddle right? sores, it's basically yeah. Basically, like a skin infection. Yeah. Um, and uh, I rode, um, basically, kind of like it. It's a race, but and there's like kind of ish strict rules. Yeah. Um, where you're not, you're kind of supposed to ride by yourself, and you can't take any help from anyone. Um, that's not given to anyone else. So I can stop at a gas station, I can stop at a hotel, but like family can't bring me food or yeah. friends can't bring me food unless they want to give it to everyone else. Um, <laughs> Did people do that? Where they're like, I'm bringing the whole race. Yeah. Oh yeah. Stuff. Um, it's a, it, there's like a huge community. They're called dot stalkers. Dot um, stalkers. So I don't know if you saw uh, Haley, Haley tracked me, but you can track it. Yeah. There's, there's the tracking on the, on the web. And yeah. Remember I, w- I gave a, a oh, shuttle, yeah. Yeah. some guys that worked, I think at Fitzgerald's and they were like watching you. I was like, I was like, they were like, yeah, we're, we work at Fitzgerald's. And I was like, oh, my buddy Ryan's doing the tour divide right now. I just brought yeah. him up there. And they're like, oh, no way. We were just tracking him. We were just watching him. Yeah. And they, yeah. yeah. It was, it's funny because like, I never realized how, like, I, as soon as my dot was on that website, I was like famous. It, really? It was, it was mind blowing. I mean, there was a lot of like the, the dot stalker, the, the normal ones that would like hang out. Um, I think there was one in Idaho who goes and camps for a month yeah. at this, at the end of the, it's called the rail trail. I'm sure you've probably been near it. Um, but, and then hands out cookies and, and 
greets you as you as you roll in there's wow. like a trail and then it's like a camp uh, like a big campsite and um i kind of rolled through and and i hear this guy be like ryan ryan and i was like yeah and he's <laughs> like what's up like how are you doing how's your ride all this stuff and i was like oh my gosh and that was like not the first person that had done that i walked out wow. in rollins wyoming i was walking out of mcdonald's and someone walked up to me and was like ryan kurtz how's your ride going oh my gosh and dude that's like, so awesome whoa like it it was like seriously the most famous i feel like i'll ever be it was that's so it was cool really really cool actually well this this podcast might up that yeah but, yeah besides yeah. that the podcast, yeah. well i mean and that included like i would have i don't know that i've ever been asked to be on a podcast besides when i signed up for this race so it's like well you probably you probably would have came out eventually i (laughs) i do i do like a balance of like just my friends who i just want to chat with for a while and learn more about them and people who you know like do cool things or whatever that i want to hear about but you probably would have came out eventually true yeah (laughs) that's so cool though yeah it was it was insane yeah how many people do that do that race every year um so it's it's kind of like quote-unquote an underground race or at least it used to be yeah um there's no like entry fees or end party or anything so it's very like small i think this year there was like 100 people at the start Um, that's not very many it's not it's not a big crowd um and then yeah um beer burps beer burps are okay (laughs) and the mics everyone's okay with those Uh, we should say um because we provi- are provided some delicious beer, we are drinking some Snake River beers right now. Ryan hasn't earned it, Hazy IPA. And I'm doing a, uh, what's it called? Yonker? Something like that. Zonker? Zonker. Zonker, yeah. Nice little stout. I got a cool cup. <laughs> that is Showing the camera. The it says, you, it's, the this wolves. is the Stark Direwolf logo yeah. from, when, from Game of Thrones. And then in the back uh-huh. it says, leave one wolf alive and the sheep are never safe <laughs> there you go because i'm the weird wolf kid <laughs> but that's awesome um i was just gonna ask you something oh so like months ago before i even knew about you doing this race these these youtube videos popped up on my like rec- uh, suggested thing um and it was guys doing this this race like last summer and mm-hmm. they were just they just getting the videos out in the winter uh, but they were stopping, they were like going through the middle of Wyoming and they were stopping in these towns where the towns were like set up for this, for bikers coming through. Like yeah. they had like signs saying bikers camp here. They had like, they had like a biker section of these little shops and gas stations. They had like plaques and history things talking about um, past races of those things Mm -hmm. and i was like this is so cool this is like such a weird niche thing and these towns this is the the thing for the town these tiny towns right yeah so there's a few of those um ovando in montana is one of them and then the one that they were probably talking about is atlantic city that's the one that's in wyoming um very 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 small like old mining towns that like yeah kind of basically were dying out and then they saw this opportunity for tour divide and and i mean hundreds and hundreds of of riders besides the tour divide are riding the gdmbr and um yeah so avondo is a really cool one uh, i'm trying to think of the lady's name i think it's like Catherine or something um 
it's Ovando is a town of like 50 people. <laughs> um, and she owns the fly fishing shop there. And there's a, like a restaurant next to it. And she yeah. takes everyone's, everyone's picture on the tour divide. Um, and she, she's dot stalking. She's watching, watching for you to come in, takes your picture, puts it on bikepacker.com. And, um, and like, yeah, she, she's awesome. And she like breakfast is made. Um, all this stuff and Atlantic City's kind of like that not quite as hardcore but I mean they thrive off of all these bikers that come in that are starving yeah and are like tossing out bills to get money or uh, to get as much food as possible and, yeah and like totally but it's like calories yeah I need <laughs> calories I mean there's an interview with if her name is Catherine yeah. we'll just go with that um, would it be on YouTube uh, probably um we don't have a young Jamie yet I don't know if you listen to Joe Rogan but I'm trying to get Riley to be my young Jamie. <laughs> yeah. He was busy and he's going to a concert or something at the Oh yeah. at the uh fair. But yeah. so look uh, look up Ovando um Tour Divide and her name will probably pop up. Just on Google or on YouTube? Anything. Google probably works too. A V uh O O V A N D O. Um, Ovando Twitter. Did that zoom up? Oh my god. Zuma just burped. She's got beer burps too. Which one do you yeah, think? That one. Yeah, she's their their whole team of the restaurant and her are waiting for you outside. Yeah. So this this title of this video is clicked on. Ovando rolls out the red carpet, the Great Divide, Mountain Bike <laughs> Adventure. Um so it looks like they got really good. Are these are, oh are these gr- women the um Earth? no well oh, not frick. them i clicked the wrong button um i have to google it because this is a really long video I, I've yeah we're not gonna this, watch this I've whole video this video yeah anyway the point being yeah these towns are are like like this is as this is the most important day of right. the year for them or well, time of the year for them when, when people are coming through. Yeah. I think the, the interview with her, um, she, she was saying like this town was going like down and this race totally like revamped it and is now like thriving. Um, yeah. And could you, um, could you kind of just talk generally through your route? Um, the, like the entire route, just so people kind of get yeah. an idea of like where the route takes you. So that's that's her Blackfoot store, Angler. and then that's the restaurant yeah. that they serve. This is so old west looking. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. It, and that's like that. There's that side, and then like there's another side with a couple of shops just like that, and yeah. that's it. Yeah. Um. That's but funny. anyways, it goes. So the route goes from the top of Montana and Eureka. There's a map of it. Yeah. <laughs> um kind of just goes straight down and then once you hit idaho you go a little bit more south east it's, it's pretty remote like yeah. there is it's it's called the tour divide because it's generally on the great the great divide yeah right or it's the, on the the continental divide, continental divide. what did i say crosses great. it like 20 some or 40 sometimes yeah um and it comes through here you this is what you said was your favorite part of the part of the route i think you said yeah from Basically, the Idaho section was Idaho to to the Moran Junction. Yeah, um, was so you come through? There's like a, a a fairly 
n- not very well known route into the valley, right. which is a real road in the summer. Grassy but it's, Lakes. Yeah, Grassy Lake. Mm-hmm. Is it Grassy Lakes Pass or what is it called? It's Grassy Lakes Road. And then road. it turns into like county road. It's a dirt road that just comes in just south of Yellowstone um, into what I guess is technically, what's that ranch? Uh, Flag Ranch. Flag, yeah. Right, right before you go into Yellowstone. Yeah, Flag Ranch. Um, so kind of between Grand Teton and Yellowstone. And you come in through there, which is like, I didn't even know until you told me that was a route in. I was like, mm-hmm. what is this? What are you talking about? Yeah. That, there's no route there. There's yeah. just full a, mountains. Yeah. Dirt road that goes straight over. Yeah. Which is cool. You come in through here, go through Moran and then go out Togety Pass. Yeah. And then the, out through. Yeah. Do you go through Du Bois? Uh, no, you get pretty close, but then you turn south um, just before it, I think. Yeah. And go through some more dirt roads. Yeah. Um, down to Pinedale. And it's basically through the kind of the center north and south mm-hmm. of Colorado through Silverthorne and Platoro. Is that what that says? Yeah, I don't know why that's the one named. That's like a tiny little mining <laughs> town. Actually, yeah. very cool tent to like. Yeah. Yeah. That was. Yeah. And then down through. Um, is this New Mexico? Yeah. The New Mexico, Pie Town, Columbus. Mm hmm. All the way to the border this year, but in other years you go a little bit farther. Looks like uh, you usually start higher. Yeah, that's in. that's all. Antelope Wells is always the finish, but oh, it you is. usually okay. start in Banff. Yeah, uh, but we started in Roosevelt, which is the the like just the border. Yeah, yeah, that's major, dude. Border to border on a bike in 19 days. Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> it's a, it was a lot for sure. It was trip of a lifetime though i've i'll never do anything like that again yeah um just so much fun was it was it uh have you heard of the three types of fun i have yeah would you call that type two fun you know to be honest you would think that it's type two fun and i think that most of new mexico was type two fun yeah but i had a blast the whole time i was (laughs) like besides like one or two day like hard days i was like having fun uh, I was enjoying the moment. Like it, I, I thought that it was going to be like that. And you would think riding 130 miles a day would be like that, but yeah. I just really enjoy it. And I had awesome people around me and it was so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So what is, so you kind of said, uh, your favorite section was mm-hmm. Idaho to Moran. Yeah. And then, so what was your least favorite section? Um, <clears throat> So, I mean, New Mexico is like, once you hit that border, you can kind of see like in going 130 miles a day, that means it's about five days in each, um, in each state. Um, yeah. once you hit that border, you can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel and physically you feel fine, but mentally you're like, I just want to get to the finish. Yeah. Um, so a lot of New Mexico was just kind of just like getting after it putting the miles in and going to bed um there was one actually it's platoro is the day before or day of platoro um there was like after um it's called del Norte. um there was a big like triple mountain pass that i didn't really see on the map (laughs) like i saw the one but there was like two huge ones right after it and i did not see it like i had no I was not ready for it. And so like 
I was already struggling up the first one. And then I like looked at my map and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> and just like suffer fest for pretty much the whole day and ended in Platoro. Um, in, in that section from Del Norte to Platoro, there's no restocks and Platoro is like hardly a restock. It's a very, very like small, basically like a old mining town that just like houses people to go fishing. <laughs> so there's like some little weird camper vans that you can rent out. Uh-huh. Um, and like one cafe and they all close at seven and I got there at like, I didn't know what time they closed, but I got there at like seven twenty, Oh no. And I was like kind of desperate for food. Cause I just got like totally smacked by those passes. Um, and everything was closed. And so I was like, well, I guess I have to stay until morning, which really sucks to stop riding at seven. Cause mm-hmm. that means I had two hours of sunlight left. Um, which is kind of like the gauge of what, like how, how far I ride is when the sun goes down yeah. is when I usually stopped. And so I was kind of like angry at myself, like for not seeing that coming, but then I had to wait till morning and they don't open their breakfast till like eight thirty or nine, <laughs> which again is losing out on like two or three hours of riding time. Yeah. And so I had to wait till then wait till morning and i have to like sleep basically on someone's porch like uh one of the hotels that you rent or the little camper that you rent out a guy luckily was on his bike as well he's like you can sleep right here because none of them were open to let me buy a camper and so um i had to sleep on his little porch thing wait till morning i had to like (laughs) just like look pitiful outside the cafe as pitiful as i could to get some food so i could go <laughs> yeah and um he's like all right how many breakfast burritos you want and i was like three i want three <laughs> and usually like a breakfast burrito is like a big honking like big old thing and so like one to eat two to put in my bags and eat on the like when i'm hungry yeah and he brought them out and they were like the smallest breakfast burritos i've ever seen slammed all three of them and was like i was I was too scared to ask for more because he already opened early for me. <laughs> and so I was like, well, shit, I'll just, just go. And then that next day I was like, I had no food for the whole day, no restocks. So I had those breakfast burritos and then I had a bag of um, trail mix. And so I had to ride a really long way. It's probably like, I think it was like a hundred miles to the next place where I could get food. And so I was just like in the saddle, just slammed all day just because I didn't like I was nervous that I was going to like totally bonk and and put myself in a bad situation. Yeah. So those were like the two two of the like rougher days that I had. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That sounds awful. It was a little nerve wracking. It It was mostly just nerve wracking. Like I was just stressed the whole day. I was fine and I never really like bonked or anything but i was very very stressed all day like if i had a mechanical or if i had a bad headwind i would have been in a lot of trouble yeah i was in a it was pretty bad position yeah damn um i guess i kind of that kind of speaks to like 
how much energy our bodies just like store for us, you know, mm-hmm. and how your body probably was just like, well, we are not, doesn't seem like we're getting anything else. So let's yeah. just start eating like the fat that you did have on you. You don't have a lot, but finding it places to burn and, and find some calories to keep you going. Cause that's it's definitely what it seemed like. Cause I was like, I mean, I was stressed all day, but I was just like nibbling and nibbling and like making sure my stomach had something. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was pretty amazing that I could ride that far and that like for that much time and not really crash. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. So weren't you saying we were talking like when I was driving you up there and, and whatever about how you're, you, you were going to like stop at fast food joints when you could and just try to get a lot of fast food. Just, just the cheap, easy way to get a lot of calories. Did you, mm-hmm. did you, did that go well for you? outside of that this last story yeah yeah uh, i was i was really like from all the research you do um that was one thing that was like not only is that how you keep fit and like can put in the miles but also like mentally huge um so i was really adamant about that besides (laughs) besides that little hookup um about like i had a pretty good like plan of like every time you get to a cafe or gas station basically eating two meals mm-hmm. or as much as you can basically i would just eat until it like hurt yeah like i couldn't eat anymore and then pack up a few like two or three meals and make sure i had like a day's worth of food on me yeah and um that's i seem to do really good on that which i was the most nervous about like making sure i'm fed and it's like all you think about all day because like what else are you gonna think about yeah um is like where you're gonna eat next um so i would kind of place myself like 30 to 50 miles away from the next cafe when i sleep so that i have a reason to get up (laughs) in a good one Mm -hmm. um and um and i would get in a good amount of miles before my first meal so then or like my first big meal i'd have like snacks and stuff but yeah um then i could then i would get there be really hungry eat 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 and then up some stuff and go yeah so while you were riding during the day did you ever throw on like music or podcasts or anything um i did i had i had my headphones with me and i would listen to music mostly when i if i was like mentally not quite there Mm -hmm. um or if it was like boring scenery which is not very often to be honest yeah um or just like something that i was like i need a little more i would listen to music but um not as often as you'd think probably like a one-sixth of the time i had music or podcasts in that's interesting because that we were talking about this when you were camping Mm -hmm. before you started that that whole ass that whole idea of just like truly being alone and being disconnected is not something that most people experience today so like where did where'd your head go when you were just fully alone out there um I don't know. I just, I'm really good. Like I, I'm avid backpacker and I do like all the outdoorsy things and, and I do the same thing I do when I backpack is just like, sometimes I don't even like realize like where I'm going. Um, Oh, got some, uh, (laughs) we're not going to say what that is. (laughs) Um, yeah. Sometimes you, you just kind of like zone out and you just start thinking about things. It's almost like, like a, meditation for me um you start just thinking and wandering and 
you hardly even realize you're riding a bike at that point or, yeah. or like backpacking through whatever um which is kind of like it's a it's a really meditative thing i think for me um and so yeah i don't i don't mind riding miles and miles without headphones especially like riding through the tetons and like yeah. it's just like i don't know it's also nice through montana and wyoming or at least tell moran or pinedale um i would play my music like in my bag out loud for bear reasons yeah um if i was nervous about bears i would play the music um loudly but um yeah yeah when i when i ride there's a certain there's some days where i don't have anything i don't listen to anything because it's kind of like i'm on phones and screens and listening to things all day long when i work so that's my way to kind of disconnect from that totally but i mean that's only a a couple miles up you know maybe like an hour and a half two hours of time on my rides and then to a certain and then at a certain point i'm just like i don't know if it's just my add brain or what Mm -hmm. you know what there is but it's like that uh meditative to a point and then it's like okay needs need stimulation yeah and that's like i said like sometimes i was just like not in the mood for it but yeah i'm i'm pretty like i can i can do that for long periods of time yeah have you ever backpacked alone fully alone yeah um i did a four-day trip in uh on the long trail in vermont um i worked in vermont at a summer camp um a couple years ago and Mm -hmm. and i walked on the long trail to that spot for four days. Whoa. Um, and I, I go hiking quite a bit. Um, but that was the big, like four day bike backpacking one. Is there like, so I've camped, I've camped multiple times with just me and the dogs or, uh, before Tay and I were together, together, it was just Bridger and I, and even that you get, I get a little, I feel weird. I get a little weird with no human interaction and even those times i have cell service so it's not truly alone but like what is it like being fully disconnected from another human for um on the long trail that trip i did like experience some like days without yeah like human like there it was on uh the at like it's the same route in vermont Uh so i like see people but there were some nights that were like I like had my typical backpackers glass of wine at the end of the day, like I usually do. And mm-hmm. it's definitely like, you can go to like some pretty dark places. Yeah. I didn't really experience that on the tour divide. Um, and I don't really have a reason why. Um, I only sp- probably like slept alone outside probably only maybe like five nights. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was in the the group. I had kind of a group with me of like, started out as like seven of us and eventually became i mean we all split up at, by the end mm-hmm. but we would not like planning to but we had the same pace so yeah like when i was hit my mark like several other people did too and they were at the same like hiker biker location that like a lot of it's on the map yeah like specific places where bikers are friendly mm-hmm. um and they'd be sleeping there too so like we would just hang out for a little bit and yeah and so i wasn't like fully alone but yeah i mean i didn't really experience any 
weirdness. Yeah. I don't know. It was just very natural out yeah. there on the long trail. I definitely like felt that, but um, I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of weird. It's a weird. Did we talk about, we talked about that show alone, right? Alone. Uh, on the way up to Montana. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So it's, it's on Netflix and oh, Amazon yeah, yeah, prime yeah. and they drop like 20 people out in uh, a, each season is a different type of wilderness with uh, uh they get to pick like 10 supplies to bring mm-hmm. with them and then they're just alone and they have a satellite <laughs> phone to call in if they get in danger or they want out and then the last one standing wins yeah and they wins, all like, crazy a of money yeah and, <laughs> and it, like a, some of the people right in the beginning they called in because they like had a bear come to their camp yeah. and they're like fuck this i don't need to die um or they just like couldn't find a, a good food source so they just called in, but then the guys at the end, like you see them from the beginning to the end. This one we watched season the all of season one. He was like kind of a thicker dude at the beginning, and at the end, he just has like this sunken face because he's living <laughs> off of like yeah. seaweed and like the occasional animal and shit like that. And uh, the producers like called him on the phone saying like, "Hey, we're coming to do a health check on you." They just they told him they didn't tell me one. Yeah, but he had he was the last one. And they brought his wife out with him, Ooh. with them. So they pull up on the boat, and she gets off first. And he's just like, "What the fuck are you doing here?" I hope they didn't. Did they film that live? Yeah, yeah. Woof. The interaction. He's just like, I he's like wide eyed. He's just like, "What are you doing?" Here? Yeah. <laughs> and she's just like, "Honey, you won." And oh he's like, gosh. he's like, just so like bawling. I'm sure because he's just like, like the mental stress. Hyper emotional. I'm sh- like to the max. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, because you. When when we were when we were camping, we were talking about this. We were like, your own, your own consciousness or your own sense of self mm-hmm. is partially just natural, like you know your DNA and your cells and and whatever. Yeah. And what behavior that wants to do, your genetics. But it's also a lot of it is your environment and you've been kind of trained by you start doing things as a little kid and then the environment tells you, yes, do do that or don't do that. And so when you have nothing to push your, your sense of self up against except for nature, yeah, it gets really frayed and really weird. Yeah. I'm sure those guys are so messed up. Yeah. (laughs) And, and a lot of them are true survivalists Mm -hmm. so they can handle the survivalist aspect of it. But it was the alone part. That's why it's yeah. the title of the show. The alone part was the weir- the harder part, not just yeah hunting in the wild and and doing that. It was so it was so crazy. Yeah, and I'm sure if I had spent like more con- consecutive days alone, I probably would have felt a little bit more like that. But it was yeah. nice. I had like a lot of civilization in between, and mm-hmm. and like the riders I'd eventually like catch up to or ride with a little bit. Yeah, but yeah, that's it's hard. Yeah, I really like do, getting out just alone. Alone for me means with the dogs probably most of the time. <laughs> but just like not putting anything on a listen, but just like letting letting my mind go where it need, go go where it wants and kind of like exploring it while yeah. I'm doing something else. Totally, it's been a really good way to like m- kind of meditate on things, think about things, and like kind of figure out who I am day to day. You know? Yeah, it's like. I can, I can let the outside influence fade away, and then think about the, what's going on in my life, or 
things going on at work and be like, you know, how do I want to handle this with yeah. no outside influence? And then it's just whatever I can come up with. And I, I end up coming up with some, with some fairly creative things. Right. Yeah. 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 So, um, you took just under 19 days. How does that like rank among other riders among like historically what is like the, the the average kind of time that it takes to do that stuff so this year um was um i ended up being seventh place um out of the hundred or whatever uh, i think typically it typically that like miles per day would not be a seventh place finish it would be a lot slow like more like I don't know, 15th or whatever, mm-hmm. but, uh, it was a fairly, like, there was two riders, um, actually one of them, Jay Peterberry, he's, he lives in Victor. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, a, he's a big gravel guy. Um, he won, but him and then another guy from Boulder, um, were kind of the big racers this year mm-hmm. and they were like neck and neck the whole time. And then we were like three, four days behind them. And oh. it was kind of my bunch of, um like the five riders um so yeah typically typically when we i wouldn't have gotten a seven place finish but this year i did which was yeah, cool that's awesome yeah um when you get when you got towards the end is there like like you see a fence or you see a sign or like what is the what is the ending like it is literally the border crossing like border patrol straight up no sign like welcome no to mexico nothing. yeah that's it yeah like and and maybe I'll, I'll have to show you the i don't know if i can dig up the video of me finishing but it's like my dad and my stepmom came to pick me up they're like taking a video of me i roll up to the fence stop and then start unpacking my crap <laughs> and it's like you kind of want to get out of there like like take your pictures but then like get, get out because yeah, it's the border yeah like uh yeah uh, i ended up being kind of a tight spot because i had to sleep on the side of the road um ended up being 50 miles away from the border <laughs> the night before um because my lights went out i was trying to trying to get to the next there's like a tiny little town like not even like four structures um but there's a trail angel there who like lets you sleep on his lawn yeah and I was trying to get there and it was like 1030 at night and my lights went out and I'm on this like dead highway to the border. Yeah. Border patrol going like up and down yeah. and I had no option. So I just slept on the side of the road. Yeah. Dude, what if they like, what if you get woken up by like border patrol and they were like, nah, nah, he's too pale to be a, yeah, I'm, to be I crossing mean, illegally. It, yeah. I'm sure they see, uh, I mean, they, they knew who we are because yeah. like it's a big finish, like obviously thousands of people come through here um a year so they know who we are but i was still like super sketched out yeah like just like sleeping behind basically like a little cactus yeah <laughs> just like hopefully no one cares yeah and or then, like even like rattlesnakes and like scorpions because oh, yeah, that's like the sure. desert right yeah uh, it was yeah i was worried about um spiders actually spiders throughout yeah all of new mexico but i didn't see one yeah because uh, a lot of people told me that like tarantulas are just everywhere and i was uh, like oof, not my thing and when you were out when you weren't you said some nights like in a hotel or like mm-hmm. in some stuff but when you weren't you were sleeping in a bivy sack right yep 
So explain what a bivy sack is for those who may not know. Uh, it's basically a sleep like a sleeping bag, but it's just like a Gore-Tex jacket. So it's I have my my silk like sleeping bag liner first, and then I have my sleeping bag, and then I have the bivy, and that's just pretty much a little bit extra warmth and water protection. And it kind of has a little bit of structure like around your head, basically. Yeah, you can, put, like, you can put the little pole in it. I didn't. I ended up just using yeah. just like basically like a sleeping bag. Yeah, it's basically just a sleeping bag on the, ground. on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's... Dude, I couldn't imagine sleeping in... How many days did you have to sleep in that? Um, All but probably like four. Nice. I think I slept in like three proper hotels mm. and then one um brush mountain lodge was like had a room and a bed but it was not like a hotel yeah how many days after were you sore for uh, i was took like two weeks to get back into things um the saddle sores were definitely an issue yeah for longest um my muscles were like sneaky sore so like i i tried to like get on the bike and like i could go but i couldn't like sprint like i couldn't put down any power mm-hmm. um which was like a really weird feeling but they were like they didn't feel sore necessarily but they're i just, couldn't like I they didn't, they're anything. just exhausted they didn't yeah. have anything left no yeah. yeah so it took about like two weeks to get back to like somewhat normal and then i kind of ramped up the training again so. yeah did you track it on any sort of uh watch or anything like that yeah it's on strava um my navigation computer mm-hmm. yeah. um it tracks it all and then uploads it to strava which is like the the big cycling yeah app. yeah did you and get like calories or anything like that or like your biometric stuff tells you calories i think i don't remember what it is t- i could probably just look it up i think bro, it was you're like, burning like i think it was like four thousand a day four thousand a day yeah but i also um i would i would expect more yeah so i read a book before i left and actually really funny story that i couldn't tell you next but he did a lot of like he's a phd at some college Mm -hmm. and he did a study like um he did lots of like super intense studies of him racing it Mm -hmm. he he placed i think fourth in 2018 um and he was doing like 170 180 miles a day and he was doing all these like studies so mine says 3,000 calories that might have been the last day um but anyways he he did that one says 4,500 yeah um but he did a lot of studies and and he had like basically tracked it on a whole bunch of different apps like this and watches and things. Mm -hmm. And then he actually like did the, like he went to a lab and like, I think he like peed in a cup like throughout the whole time Mm -hmm. and he could track his actual like calorie loss. And all of these were way high. Oh really? Um, he, he, he like your body adapts to it so much that like you end up not losing that many calories a day because your body is like so, intensely adapted to what you're doing yeah that's one thing that are that humans are really good at is like long distance travel yeah we're really good at adapting to that it's just it's like yeah it 
it was insane. Like I would get on my bike in the morning and you would think that you would be like tired. Yeah. But at no, like very few mornings besides like Montana when I was still getting my legs, like mm. I'd get on the bike and feel fine and just. Yeah. It's just crazy. Have you ever heard of what like the measurement of like calories burned is? Cause it's not, it's kind of weird. The story of like what we're measuring. Um, not really, I guess. So the, and I'll, we'll look this up, but uh, the calories burned is like, it's, it's energy expelled. The, the cat. No, the calories, the a calorie, the amount of calories in an item of food is measured by like the amount of time it takes to burn a certain amount of the food in this machine Mm. that replicates the human stomach uh the human stomach's temperature i think let's look this up because yeah because it's like okay this it takes this long to burn and then there's you know that unit times whatever for the size the serving size that's how many calories the thing has what is a Let's see if we can find this. Yeah, it's unit of energy. Yeah, but it's me- or sorry. Yeah, I, I misspoke that. History of a calorie. The amount of oh, yeah, the amount yeah, of heat is. needed to raise the yeah. temperature of one kilogram of water from zero to one degree Celsius. Something like that. And twenty-five. Yeah. Make yeah. This is so weird. And then, so how do they take this? The amount of heat needed to raise the temperature of one kilogram of water yeah. from zero to one degree Celsius. How do they take that and they say like, all right, this beer has, right. has <laughs> this, many this many calories. What does yeah. it even have? What does it have it on here? They don't say Either way. Beer. Yeah, it's like... It's definitely... It's so yeah. weird. And then, and then now in like, because a lot of us wear watches and these things that measure it now we're like hyper-focused as we have I've ever been on yeah. these calories. Like I don't even really care what my weight is, but I look at my workouts when I'm working out to see how many calories I've burned. Right. Yeah. See. It's almost my way of saying like, how hard did I go today? Yeah. Right. Totally. Yeah. But anyways, the, so the book that I read, it was a really weird, like coincidence. The mm-hmm. book I read was um written by a guy named ty um shoot now i'm spacing out his name ty i'll think of it eventually but uh, writing the steward divide like i said there's a group of like seven of us um and uh and we were riding through montana kind of like we wouldn't ride together um this ty hopkins ty hopkins yeah we, we weren't like riding together but we would like sleep in the same spots and eat in the same spots and mm-hmm. kind of reconvene like unintentionally yeah um and and so we were sitting in a super small town in in montana eating breakfast in in thai um it ends up being thai who's in this group with me <laughs> and he's like telling this story about um this cafe like because he's he's done the tour divide a couple times yeah um and he was just doing it with his buddy and he was telling me this story and i was like i like literally just stopped and i was like did you write a book <laughs> he's like yeah 
It's like, holy shit. I read that book. Like that was my favorite one leading up to the race. Yeah. It was like the weirdest thing. Cause like he had mentioned he did in 2018. I was like, I think that guy that wrote that book did it the same year. I wonder if he was in the same group. Like yeah. I was thinking this like the day, like the morning of, I was like, I wonder if he knows that guy. Yeah. And then it was, it was him. And I was yeah. like, holy shit. Like I didn't even think about it. And Starstruck. It was just like, Whoa. It yeah. Was that's so, awesome. It was really cool though. I'd never like accidentally meant, met the author of a book i read so. yeah that's so cool <laughs> i think and it was and it was kind of weird because he tells a lot of details about his trip like uh-huh. he had gi issues and yeah like he tells a lot of the details because he's this like kind of science sciencey minded guy mm-hmm. and so i knew like all about his life and it was just weird to see him in person yeah 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 that's and, like, so cool to talk to him and yeah it's kind of funny was it weird that somebody you knew that who had done it very like a lot faster was like in your group yeah it was like it was definitely like a and i knew he was he was doing it with his friend adam um and he wasn't really racing it he was just kind of kind of supporting him and actually he was training for more races mm-hmm. um but yeah i was like dude you can go like i know you can go way faster than us and, yeah and i think he's holding back and he didn't really have much desire to go faster but uh yeah i was like this dude's stupid strong yeah would you ever do it again um i think i think zuma farted i think you zuma it's horrible that's gross we've zuma. been we ran out of the food that Haley <laughs> gave us fitting her our stuff and she loves it she eats it really well but she yeah uh, she has stinks. been a little bit gassy um zuma I, I think that I if I were to do that route again, I would probably tour it. I would be interested in like more long distance racing, mm-hmm. but um, uh, I don't know if I could race it again. Yeah. Just because like there were so many times that like I wanted to stop and like sit at this really cool campsite or like stay in Steamboat for a while or like Salida. <laughs> um there was just so many times where I wanted to like stop, but it was midday and I couldn't cause I had to keep going. Um, so yeah, I, I've definitely like thought about Colorado trail race and stuff like that. But I think if I were to do that one again, I, I wouldn't be able to race it. Mm-hmm. Are there, are there many other rides like this or races of this magnitude? Um, this is kind of like the big, big one. Yeah. Um, there are like in Kazakhstan, like the Kazakhstan Silt Road or something. You don't want to go anywhere with the word "stan" in it. Yeah, it's, I, I actually JP JP very he's on his way there now. But yeah, I, respect I, all the respect to all those people, but uh, yeah, um, I think this is like the probably the one of the longer ones. Yeah, uh, but there's like the Colorado Trail Race and the Arizona Trail Race, and those are like <coughs> five to ten days. Where this is more. Are there, cause so as far as like big, long, long through hike trails, there's like mm-hmm. the Pacific crest trail, there's the continental divide and there's like the Appalachian trail. Are there, are there rides on the Appalachian or the Pacific? They crest? just made, I think they like, like just, just finished it like this summer. Um, like a, creating the route. Yeah, yeah. Eastern, Eastern divide route i haven't like looked into it very mm-hmm. much but i saw a couple snippets Let's look it up. Uh, i think they just finished it i'm sure a race is to come there's like there's like no doing this kind of thing in it's not how you spell divide but no um 
there's no doing this thing without someone being like, all right, I got the fastest time. And then just like eventually being like, all right, we're going to race it. So, yeah, let's see. Um, I don't, I know there's like lots of touring routes in California, but none of them are like races. Introducing the Eastern Divide Trail. Bikepacking.com. That one looks pretty cool. That's major. Look at those like the Smoky Mountains. Yeah, the big one with this one is you can start it and follow like the foliage, the changing of leaves going down. Oh, that's cool. Like every day you wake up a new. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It it definitely is like something I should not look too much into or else wow is gonna get real mad at me pretty (laughs) soon they should fucking sponsor you to do it i mean it's it's funny because like there were a lot of bike shop people there but it's like they're so like fitzgerald's the people like the the employees there are so conflicted because they want to like like they want to see me do cool things but they're also like this is the busiest time of the year. Like June was our biggest month <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, I was just not there. So yeah, it is kind of like a little bit guilty, but it's, it's definitely hard to take that kind of time off when you work at a bike shop. Yeah. Well, what's like a, what's like a life accomplishment compared to a, f- like how many days a, work, a week do you work? Uh, five, five. So I mean, what's I a, what's a life accomplishment to 15 days of work? What do you mean? You would have worked like 15 days in the time of. Oh, were, like what, what would I have achieved? In no, like days? 15 days of work does not compare to a life achievement. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like they, yeah, totally. And yeah. it's it's worth it. Like I definitely took a hit financially, but like so, so worth yeah. it. Yeah. This is interesting. You see the separation? This you you is... must take a ferry between here too, these yeah. two spots. So you start up in Cape Spear, Newfoundland. And I love how lazy all the um, pilgrims were with their naming of towns. Newfoundland, Newfoundland. Yeah, that's like, awesome. what are we doing here? And then like New York is just like, there's a town in England called York. <laughs> They're like, this one's newer. We'll so. just, but yeah, but, the, but back then, like, it was nothing like York. They're just yeah. like, I declare this the new version of that city. <laughs> yeah. And there's new New Haven, Connecticut. There's new everywhere. Right. They were just like, even, this is just new. Even over in, the, like, there, I grew up near a town named New Brighton, and there's a Brighton in yeah. England. Yeah. And, like, whenever that town was created in, in Minnesota, it would have to have been, like, the late 1800s. Like, how lazy. Yeah. Come up with any other name. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it starts up in Newfoundland, then goes all the way through City, Nova Scotia, through Polnet, Vermont, State College, Pennsylvania, Damascus, Virginia, Mulberry Gap, Georgia, Tallahassee, Florida, all the way down to Key West. Yeah. That's major. I can, I would put money that that is a race within the next three years. Yeah. Um, this is cool. 5,500 yeah. miles. What was yours? 40 something? 25. 25? So this is Week. longer. Yeah. They also, now that I'm thinking about it, they do have a, tra- it's called the Trans-American Race that goes from uh, Oregon, like the beach in maybe Oregon or Washington mm-hmm. to um, Virginia Beach. Wow. And that's a race that starts like, I think it was right before we started. Yeah. You got to kind of do that in the late spring because, yeah. you know, like, like where you were in New Mexico, if you do that in August, like that's 110 degrees. 
yeah. out there, right? You can't be doing that. People would Plus, die. Yeah, like even like we were starting, we hit like the very beginning of monsoon season and we were like, we got to get through this thing because yeah. like it was starting to rain pretty hard. Where? Um, so the, like there's like a pie town. Um, it's like the middle of New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, the day that w- leading up to Pie Town, um, there was like two and a half inches of rain mm-hmm. in in like the area leading up to that in yeah. one day. Um, and we were in like the worst mud, like that mud that just sticks to your tires. Oh like, yeah, like clay. Yeah, and and you cannot like ride your bike. Yeah. So we hit that and. Luckily, it was a short period, and we got it figured out, but we were, like, pretty strapped because the forecast said storms every day at yeah. 5, and we were like, oh, crap. So, we got super lucky because they all ended up being just east of us, mm-hmm. and um, I think we were just, like, so pinned trying to get to the finish line that we got lucky and not didn't hit any, but mm-hmm. um, that was a big worry is, yeah. is the weather. Yeah. And to and on the other side of of spring is like you gotta get you gotta have the snow melt enough mm-hmm. in some of these mountain areas. Montana, we hit snow. There's a couple. I mean, we got lucky because obviously it was a super dry season, so yeah. we only had one hike a bike in snow. But usually, like tradition, like historically, there's been a lot more of like yeah because it's just the first week of um, June. Yeah. So there's still usually in those high mountains, like mm-hmm. a lot of snow that you have to deal with, mm-hmm. which is nice to not have to do. Yeah. Yeah. Montana had a bad snow year, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. We we still got to, like the resort still got to 500 inches here. But something I just learned recently, I was talking to like a fisher person, but because um, they're talking about the water level being low, uh, even with the same amount of inches of snow, the water density... Mm-hmm. in the snow can be dramatically more or less right so even though we had an average snowfall year the water year the water effect on the system was really bad yeah it was really dry snow which is good for skiing <laughs> bad for the overall health <laughs> of the area i suppose yeah. i mean even we we didn't get that much snow besides february like if you yeah. if you cut out february which i'm sure is like normal but yeah there was like pretty much no snow yeah, Dece- yeah, December was an inversion basically the whole time. Yeah. And you saw that Tay and I got our Avi 1 certification this year in during that cold snap. Mm-hmm. So we were learning. It was cool to see that when we first learned to dig pits and look in pits. And then later in the year, we could go find that layer of the, the cold snap in the, in the yeah. snow and understand what it was going to do. And if it broke, it was going to break there pretty right. much the entire year. Yeah. And... I mean, maybe the the devil you know may be better than the the devil you don't, or something mm-hmm. may apply to that. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, <laughs> when I'm when I'm hitting the thing, I'm expecting this is where it's gonna break because right. this is the only weak section. Everything else was was shaping up pretty nicely. Um. So when it didn't, it felt really good to be like, okay, if that was if that spot's not breaking, it must be fairly safe out there yeah. at the moment. And for yeah. the for the most part, we had a pretty good, pretty safe avalanche here. Nice. Do you yeah, do much touring? I, I don't do. I only toured once. Yeah. I, I don't have my Abbey training or anything, so I mostly yeah. just did snow king and completely yeah. good. But yeah. hopefully this year I can get a yeah. little more into it. It's so awesome. Yeah. Did you do much touring when you lived in Colorado? No, I just got my setup 
um, the summer before I moved here. So. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I got to do a lot of testing it out on snow king <laughs> yeah i actually haven't ever done snow king it's nice it's i mean you can do like a little morning lap before work yeah and, and you guys live so close there yeah so. i mean i'd ride my bike there yeah do a lap and then come back and it's hour and a half yeah uh, yeah sweet there's a lot of people who their like morning workout or the morning routine is like snow king hike or snow king tour yeah. or tour or morning glory right something like that there's a lot of people that do that yeah it's perfect just like you, no one wants to run in the cold fat biking is like eh. mm-hmm. so like might as well go ski lap <laughs> yeah it's kind of like the only option yeah basically i love getting so i split board mm-hmm. but i loved i've loved getting into it because it just is like a whole different way to love snowboarding and love being out in the mountains because i can walk around i can just like cruise some days i'll just cruise around like mm-hmm look at stuff that I might want to go, go ride later in the year. Um, just, you know, get the dogs out, walk in the woods. It's basically like snowshoeing. Like one day yeah. it was a bad Abbey time. So I went up to, um, you know, where the shadow mountain road starts on the pay where the pave turns into the, the mm-hmm. gravel. That's not a, obviously not, not plowed in the winter. Yeah. So I just parked there and then I just mm-hmm. took my split board and just walked out with like, a beer and some snacks and just yeah. walked out past shadow to a spot that I would just wanted to sit in. I just kind of dug myself a little chair in the snow yeah. and just sat there and just chilled out, sat in the sun. The dogs could just roam around and, and hang out. And like, it's, I don't, I, we own snowshoes, but, I, but I think I'm faster on the split board. So I could just, right. just like cruise out on there and then cruise back when I was done there. And I, you know, went a couple miles, got a little workout in mm-hmm. and, and it was all good. It was just super chill. Kept kept myself safe. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good call. Yeah. I feel like this year there was a lot of there's a lot of like fatalities and a lot of danger early like first half of the season. It was like pretty yeah. pretty gnarly. <laughs> there Which was definitely yeah, like turned was... me off to like touring. I was like Ugh. Yeah. Well, yeah. So <laughs> most fatalities Yeah. I don't even want to say that a lot of, a lot of the fatalities happen because people go into something that they maybe shouldn't for those conditions. Right. And we, you have never skied together. So I don't even know, but you can stay really safe. There's a lot of really safe areas on the pass. And for me just wanted to do it as you know a a dog walk an after work activity a saturday activity you know doing edelweiss doing glory yeah glory can get gnarly but glory is generally fairly safe um they're great routes you're gonna stay safe there Mm -hmm. there's so many safe spots it's a it's the people who want to go and like do these couloirs they want to you know you know they want to do mountaineering they want to do these summits tgr stuff yeah they want to do these summits in the park like the park the peaks in the park are real they're real peaks there's real couloirs there's real danger there it's different than the south side of the tetons Mm -hmm. where glory's gnarly but you know i i guess i I guess edelweiss isn't technically in the tetons but um like there's some just big big powdery bowls you can find there's some good tree skiing good safe safe angle stuff you can find yeah if you're not trying to be too ambitious yeah yeah i think i just need to take a class yeah i think that would make me just mostly feel better 
it made me oh here's a here's a scary stat for you <laughs> oh boy so you want to know what the high the highest risk of being caught on an avalanche group of people is it's people within that have gotten their avalanche sort of avi one certification within 30 days yeah they're like let's go because they yeah they go they go and they think they have Get all the they have all the knowledge yeah. for how i'm gonna go do everything totally. and they don't and so my whole goal in those first 30 days i was like i ain't doing shit yeah i'm not becoming another statistic <laughs> yeah. i'm i'm going phil bottom of phillips ridge and yeah. that's it i'm not doing anything <laughs> that's funny. right because i was like I don't want to be another stat. I'm not going to yeah. add to that. I'm, what, I'm too smart for that. Yeah. And what Haley told me, cause she took her Abby one. Yeah. And she like, from what she told me, it was like mostly just like prevention. It wasn't like knowledgeable, like it was like a rescue s- snow, yeah. snow science or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, I was like reading a book about, cause I'm a nerd. Um, yeah. and, and she's like, this is stuff that I wish that I knew from this avi one but it was mostly like prevention and like basic rescue skills and i was like yeah that's like i want to know i like obviously i need to know how to like rescue and stuff like that but like i also want to know like what i'm looking at and how i can approach things to do it safely um so yeah that's kind of what my goal was last winter was to just like I, I read a book that I think Haley ended up grabbing. Um, that was all about the snow science and, and just think, uh, avalanche essentials or staying alive at avalanche. Staying alive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it went way deep into the science, which is like exactly what I wanted to know. But then I had like kind of watched her like babe force podcast thing or whatever yeah. like they, they would do. And, um, and just try to get like general knowledge. And then I think this year maybe, i can muster up the financials i'll do a class yeah yeah it's yeah i would if you want to read um avalanche essentials that's basically the subject base subject matter for avi one mm. and it's all around like you said prevention it's yeah. not okay your friend's trapped right. you're gonna be you're gonna we're gonna teach you to be an expert in rescue yeah. we did we did one rescue drill which was great it was so good to actually do one yeah but it was all, it was very simulated. It was in flat ground. It was a backpack. Yeah. And I knew where it was. It was just like, <laughs> right. It's yeah. just follow the, follow the beacon. You right? would think that would be like the biggest thing that they go over too. Like if you're going to start doing this, like you should know how to rescue someone. But I guess. I don't yeah. Know. Well, I, it's kind of that. Can they what? take, can they make less rescues yeah, need needed? So. Right. If, yeah. if they can teach you how to not ever right. need to be rescued. Maybe that's better. Yeah. It seems like the I don't know. sex ed thing. Like, do we just give them a bunch of condoms or do yeah. we teach them about like how this actually works? <laughs> it's like, yeah. It'll probably, uh, it probably just balances back and forth. Like right yeah. now it's all prevention. And then like in five years, they'll be like, we need yeah. a, like some activists <laughs> exactly. be like, we need a change in the criteria. We need to learn how to rescue. And then it'll like shift to that. Yeah. And then it'll be like, we should take people out of the rescue. System. Like it just, it'll just right. go back and forth forever. Yeah. So I I think the point being that but they want you to take Abby two then yeah I think that's or like even or they even have like, a separate class that's like avalanche rescue specific yeah. mm-hmm. and so they want to take they want you to take kind of two of the three of those yeah depending on your interest because yeah. a lot of what they talk about is like you know 
learn how to read an avalanche forecast every day and do it every yeah. day. Even if you're not going out riding, I do that every single day. I look at the avalanche forecast to see where the trends are flowing. Yeah. What's going on? Because like, you know, today there could be risk in, I don't know, an east facing slope. Right. And then tomorrow the risk could be a different slope, but it's not like the east facing slope is that much better a right. day later. Yeah. Right. So you got to being in the area to know what's going on with the snow yeah is so much so valuable like i said with the december example mm-hmm. if i just popped into the tetons in february i would not really have known that december we had inversions for like 15 days in a row right so there's a really weak layer where all that those um facets and the uh what's it called surface whore surface whore yeah that dirty surface whore (laughs) um where that was forming and that could be a weak point and why it was happening and how deep it would be yeah but if i just popped into an area i would not not have any idea that that that's there yeah it's like oh we just got 10 inches sweet right oh but there's a what do they call there's a dragon 40 inches under that under the snow (laughs) yeah so i yeah just being in the area um just understanding it more. Like I feel I like, so two winters ago I got my split board. I started getting around. I'd read the avalanche reports. I'd do the stuff, but I didn't fully know what was going on. Mm-hmm. And there was a, there was one specific, I, I climbed the pyramid. You know what that is? So if you're looking at, if you're looking at, um, Phillips Ridge, the end of Phillips Ridge where the, where the trailhead is yeah. from like from the Valley here, yeah. even from our house here. To the north, so one to the right, is a peak called the Pyramid. And it's like, because because it just, from that angle, it just looks like the side of one of the pyramids. Yeah. Um, gets up to about te- maybe 9,800, just under 10,000. 10, um, but there's a plaque up there because a guy who would do it all the time died in an avalanche there. Mm-hmm. And I, I climbed it. I was just like looking at it. Somebody told me like, that's a thing. Yeah. Found the skin track. I was literally one day I was gonna I was checking it out to go see what it would be about. Yeah. And I had a podcast scheduled later that day and I was like, all right, so I'll just go check it out. I'll come back and um I won't do it today. I'll I'll go yeah. back later. I get a text from the chick who I was gonna interview. She said, I can't make it today, like can we reschedule? I was like, Yeah, sure. And I'm like up there kind of like a, a couple thousand feet up and I was like I'll just finish it. I'll just, I'll just go do it. I'll just do it. And only because of that scheduling did I do yeah. it. And then I, so I finished it and it was kind of sketchy on the top. You know, there's a couple spots where it had been windy. So I couldn't, I wasn't really sticking onto it. Yeah. Um, but I get up there and it's this awesome peak, awesome climb. Somewhere down dogs were awesome. And I realized like, as I'm going down, I'm like, this is a slide path. Yeah. Oh <laughs> it's a really God. wide slide path. It just it just looked it didn't quite it wasn't the yeah. stereotypical look of one right. where it's like skinny and there's like, you know, what they say there's like different ages in trees next to each other is a thing where there'd be like old uh, ones and then really baby ones. Right. It wasn't really that, but yeah. now looking if you go to look just at like it now, it gets very it's very obvious from the macro view of like that's an enormous slide path and <laughs> that area is open on the top because it slides. Yeah. And even that day was all green lights everywhere, but still just that big of a peak with somebody who knew what he was doing did die there alone. Alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like 
that's one of the days I feel like I got away with one. Yeah. And they, they even talk about this in the book in Abby One. You don't ever want to feel that. Right. Like specifically that feeling of like, wow, glad I got out of there when I did. Yeah. You don't want to put yourself in those positions. You want to, you want to feel good about the decision you made and feel good about what you rode. Right. So that from that season to this latest season was a major change in mentality for me. Yeah. Right. I can go to Edelweiss all day long, do glory all day long. I did a different section because of parking. To do the pyramid. I did not do the pyramid this year. <laughs> I told Tay we should do it, but then and we never got around to it. Yeah. Like the time when the snow was good or the snow was fresh, the Avidanger was not good. Yeah. So I was like, we're not doing that. But I mean, I had just as much fun this year. Right. Staying within my means and my knowledge. And with, you know, I did, I still did um, my biggest tour. I had two pretty big tours for the winter. I did uh, two oceans on Togedy Pass. Yeah, you, mm. you know what that is? I know where Togedy is, but... Yeah. So, you probably passed this area on your bike. It's right where the CD trail yeah. uh, 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 road sign is, where it tells you the elevation. Mm-hmm. Right to your right there, there's a little meadow and then a, a peak there. Yeah. And it's kind of like a... It's like the back of a shark, and then there's a shark fin, kind of, mm-hmm. that goes... It's pretty much north to south. Yeah. But you kind of walk up the shark's back, and then you go up the fin, and then the top of the fin is the, the peak, and... It gets up to like over 11,000 feet because it's just so high. You start so high up yeah. there. Um, and then we um, just came down. It was just trees skiing. But then there's another. There's other sections that are like big, um, like like a wall you'd see like a like in a Travis Rice movie, but mm-hmm. smaller and yeah. safer. Like it's like <laughs> big, big boulder jumps, big boulder rocks and kind of that spiny stuff yeah. building that kind of features it looks it's a really cool looking yeah good looking face that i would not feel comfortable doing with the dogs but i'd right. do it on my own yeah. and i would love to do it on my own one day um, but then we just did the tree side which was you know safe and normal yeah. and everything uh, but that was just big because it got up really high mm-hmm. going above eleven thousand feet anywhere is major yeah um, and then one day i i toured from uh, the Phillips Bench parking lot, you know, where the snowmobilers park. You go up there, and then there's a ridge there called Reef Ridge that connects up into all the bowls up by Glory Bowl, and then Little Tuckerman's is north of there, and then Unskiable is north of that. Mm. And you go, and then there's, you know, there's like, so it's like, it's like ridge and then bowl and then ridge and then bowl kind of like that ridge and then yeah. bowl kind of all the way across that section yeah so you go up one of the ridges and i got all the way up to the top ridge where you could be you're on kind of parallel with the top of glory yeah and i skied or i snowboarded on uns- unskiable so it's not unsnowboardable bowl <laughs> it's only unskiable yeah um but that one was that would that sketch to it too because it's it's really steep yeah. into a bowl and I'm going down and the dogs are with me and it's steep for, it's a steep ride for the yeah. dogs, but they're digging in. They're fine. And they're really good listeners when they, I don't know. I don't know if they can sell, tell me being tense. Yeah. So they're like, we got to be sharp right? or what, or they, or they sense it or something. They just know. They're just like, Oh shit, dad, this is like really steep. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we're going down and I'm like, I know this is kind of sketchy. So I like, I jump a couple of times. I stop and jump a couple of times, get them above me. And stuff kind of is like kind of cracking. There's some stuff breaking off. Yeah. And I'm like, 
Uh, fuck. <laughs> all right. I'm like, all right, boys, we're pointing it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like, okay, the best thing I can do is I'll be light on the snow. I'll just point it and get out of here. Right. And then I'll look, I'll make sure that I'm with them if they need me and, and whatever. So I just point it, get out of there. And unskiable is cool. Cause it's like, you know, the big wall of the bowl is maybe 800 feet mm-hmm. avert. Then you get down into it. And it's, it's kind of flatter. And then, but then it's still a good ride out of it. Yeah. It's a long ride, just in this huge bowl with the whole walls around you. Right. And it was so much fun to just cr- you're just cruising and cruising, surfing on the snow, and the dogs are just running behind me, <sighs> and I I would go way faster than them. So I got to where I had to stop, and they're just like sprinting. They're just like yeah. tiny specks on this bowl, <laughs> and they're just they're I'm just yelling like, "Come on, boys, let's go!" <laughs> and they're just like running as fast as they can, just loving it. That's awesome. Um. And then you just kind of tour around, and then you get back out to your yeah. to your truck. It was a great day. That's awesome. Yeah, it'd be pretty fun. Yeah, to get into it. Yeah, I'll d- we could. We definitely got to go out. And Haley having a, a split board means we can go out, go out with Sweet Zuma. She's a good skier too. Yeah, she's actually. So I've taken care of Zuma when Haley's gone, maybe like three, three, four times, something like that. But Zuma's always been such a good listener when Haley's not here, <laughs> not around. It, because she's like, at first I think it was like, I don't know this place. I yeah. better stay with this this human. We were talking about this earlier. Yeah. Zuma latches on to a person for an, a little bit amount of time. And it's like, you're my person right now. Yeah. Um, Because you're familiar. When Haley's not around. When right. Haley is around, it's her and Nick. Mm-hmm. Right. But right now she's on you. She's... <laughs> rubbing up against you she keeps just glancing up at you like in love like oh my god i can't Stop. believe She'll, yeah like, no 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 keep petting me, me. you need me. to keep petting me <laughs> um she just like, looks up like okay ryan you're my person i know i live with you you're my she's so happy right now yeah. and then we're saying what we were saying earlier is like if she, so now when you leave yeah she'll be like wait he's gone wait where'd he go wait a minute and then even though i'm here and she knows me and she loves me (laughs) then like it'll be like 30 minutes and she'll realize like oh tyler's still here he can he's my person right now oh zuma sweet zuma yeah it's so funny how bridger and zuma are so in love oh my god it's weird yeah when (laughs) i when they when i feed them i feed them in here and bridger it's sometimes a bully to Maverick when it comes to food. He'll just like come and just like growl at him and tell him, fuck off. I'm taking this. <laughs> um, but with Zuma, he, they eat together, right? Ne- bowls right next to each other. <laughs> and Bridget will get done first and he'll just sit, stand there and just like wait for Zuma and like look <laughs> around and be like, I got you girl. <laughs> Nobody's messing with no you. No one's messing with you. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. That's, that's how I knew actually you and Taylor the yeah. first time we met oh yeah yeah the, yeah the dogs came down and you said like bridger mav and i was like bridger mav that's suma's boyfriend yeah <laughs> and then i was like oh you must be tay and ty like i it was dark yeah the dogs first and i was like oh yeah i like have to be social and like <laughs> yeah I'm like oh these are the people that i know too. yeah we were you're in the hot springs it <laughs> yeah. was it was dark when i got down there because yeah. i'd like get the shit and yeah so i just like recognized you just said that you're yeah. you're like what is it haley's uh, she worked your with my aunt, aunt yeah Colorado. worked with Haley, yeah in Colorado, yeah um 
And so like, yeah, I'm living with Haley now or whatever. And I was like, oh, cool. And then like I saw, I actually saw you the, yeah. a, a couple days later and I was like, hey, what's your name? And you're <laughs> yeah. like, we already met. And we I was met like, oh, night. it was dark. It was co- <laughs> yeah. totally dark. I never even saw your face. Yeah. Yeah. Was, <laughs> was that the time? It was like December and it was really fucking cold. It was really, really cold. That, yeah. And it was yeah. shallow. The hot springs were shallow. Yeah. We sat in the hot springs. We were like, yeah. We like huddled in the corner. For yeah. Because like, that was like the only hot spot. Yeah. For, like two hours because that was like no one wanted to get out so cool. that spot is the coolest when they're deep enough yeah it is very uncool when they're not deep enough <laughs> yeah definitely it's it's so out. cool that's just natural and everything when like, you have it when you when you get it right and it's deep enough and it's warm enough yeah it's like this is the greatest thing ever all we're right. just sitting here in the natural hot springs on the side of a river with mountains all around us and yeah. There is a highway nearby, but you can't really hear it. Mm-hmm. And everyone's there. It's super cool. And you can have the dogs because it's far enough away from the road that it's safe. Yeah. It's, a, it's such a cool spot. Yeah. Um, so we're at, let's see, we're at an hour, an hour and 24. Anything else you'd like to talk about with the, the bike, the bike stuff or anything else? Not really. Not in particular. Really. Yeah. We can wrap this up. Um, yeah, so if anybody in the Jackson or Victor or Idaho Falls area, we'll do a little Fitzgerald's plug here, has any biking needs, mountain biking, road biking, accessories, repair, yep. hit up Fitzgerald's bikes, hit up Ryan. I'll tag him in the post <laughs> for this stuff and you can he can help you out. Um, Ryan, thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, if Are you – you don't really do – you don't really put a lot of effort into Instagram, but what tell people your your Instagram if they want to follow your biking adventures. So it's uh, at Ryan Paul Kurtz. That's it. Just at Ryan Paul Kurtz. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So that's an episode. Everyone, uh, thanks for listening. Have a good week.